Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Are you ready for the Bible today? I am so excited to share this word with you. I listened to Brenda's word from last week, such a a good word um, with the first things and and putting that foundation in place, and I was really thankful for her message. I want to open up today with Joshua 1, chapter 1, which says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people... Get ready to cross. Would you say, get ready to cross? Get ready to cross the Jordan into the land I am about to give you to them, to the Israelites. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be together and to glorify you. We proclaim proudly that we love you, Jesus. We are your followers, and we want to be more like you. And um, we... Count it a privilege to call upon your name. Count it a privilege to be able to share how good you are. Count it a privilege um, to ask for forgiveness and to live a life for you. It is our privilege to worship and follow you today. Lord, open up your word to us. Speak to us. Um, teach each one of us. Lord, right where we're at in our season of life, right where we let every one of us get something out of your word today. I pray for the leading of your spirit, the empowerment of your spirit. God, that, um, that your word will be imparted the way that you see fit. Love you and I honor you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, a couple weeks ago, I, I started kind of like a little mini-series on seasons and a pretty simple concept. I did seasons to prepare a couple weeks ago uh, and we talked about Nehemiah. Um, and used his, that text um, to talk about him. And this week, I'm going to talk to you about seasons to go. And my next message will be on seasons to stay. Very simple concepts. Today, for seasons to go, we're going to be digging into um, the story of, of Joshua and the, the children of Israel going into the land. And in our story today, in, in that book, um, Joshua and Israel... Um, are finally ready to occupy the land that God had promised them some 40 years before. It had been a, quite a long journey because a whole generation had died off and there were you know, 40 years in, in the wilderness and they could have gone in quick, but they weren't ready to go in and so they weren't able to go in. And, and now's the time. Moses has passed away. Joshua is their, the new leader and it was an opportunity to, um, to go into the land. What had disqualified them in the past was their fear and disobedience. And what was God was going to expect now was faith and obedience. And, you know, we, we have to have faith when we're interacting with God. You know, that's one of the reasons why you can't see Him with your eyeballs is because He wants you to trust Him in everywhere in all circumstances, whether you can see Him or not. That's faith, that we know that He is there, right? It says in Hebrews eleven six, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him, we must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so he wants faith. And that faith isn't just some some test for you. It is the basis in which you can trust and receive from him. It is for your good that God wants you to be able to have faith in him. And, you know, just as that faith 
uh, um, that lack of faith and disobedience had disqualified them. Faith and obedience were going to be the requirements going in. And so in verse 7 of Joshua 1, it says, Be strong and very courageous and be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. And don't turn to the left or to the right that you may be successful wherever you go. Now, as we're talking about today, this idea of going, what I want you to do is we're going to, we're going to take the story of Joshua and their going, and what, I, what I'd like you to do is, in your own life, take the same principles in which they went into the promised land to enter into the promises that God has for you. You follow me? The same principles. Now, we're going to talk about you know, going through the, uh, the River Jordan and arcs and things like that. You don't need an ark. You don't need to actually walk through the James River. It's the principle that we're going to apply to our lives today, right? And so wherever you are, you find those places of application. And so this, this faith and obedience, I, I, some, I like to call it the secret sauce. You know, the Big Mac has a secret sauce. We all know it's a thousand island. But, you know, it's, there's a secret sauce to the, to the Christian walk, and it's this idea of faith and obedience. You know, that word faith, um, some synonyms for it, it's to believe, but it's more than just believe. It's a trusting belief. It, there's a feeling to it. There's a heartfeltness to this kind of faith that says, God, I have faith in you, I believe in you, I trust in you. And that translates into, I'm going to do what you say. That's where the rubber hits the road, ain't it? Right? Like there's the, yeah, I believe, but the doing, it's like, ah. Um, But we'll talk about that. It's so simple that if if we just woke up every day and said, God, I'm going to believe you, and I'm just going to do what you show me. Just simple operating instructions. I think sometimes we overcomplicate it. And Joshua and, and, the, and Israel, the nation, they were going to have a faith opportunity uh, to go, right? And what they're going to do is they're going to cross the Jordan. But, you know, when we're doing things for God, typically there are challenges. You ever had a challenge when you're trying to do something for the Lord? Well, they're going to cross the Jordan. That sounds fine and dandy. Well, the Jordan's at flood stage, y'all. Um, and so they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna cross, and what the operating instructions that the Lord gave them is, all right, I want you to get the priest, and I want them to get the ark, and um, what's going to happen is I want the priest and the ark to step in the water, and then I'm going to do a miracle. And what would happen is the priest would take the ark, they would step in the water, and it says that the, the water piled up upstream, and the Jordan was able to be crossed. Does it remind you of another miracle maybe? Maybe 40 years before that, when they were running from Pharaoh and his evil army who were ready to destroy them, they get up against the Red Sea and Moses and the, all, and the people of Israel are there and they're like, there's a body of water and then there's an army coming after us. What are we going to do, right? And in that story, the Lord says, Moses, why are you crying out to me? We've preached on that message before. I think that's really funny that God says, why are you crying out? Because there's an army coming and yeah. That's why I'm crying out to you. He says, stretch out your staff. And split the Red Sea. And so he has them stretch out the staff, the Red Sea splits, and they cross over. And then the army decides foolishly to come to try to follow them, and the Red Sea destroys the army. Isn't it interesting that in both times there was this crossing over from one place to another, a crossing through the water, but there were different instructions. I don't know about you, but I really like to just 
do the same thing again. This is what worked in the past, and so this is what's going to work here. You know what I'm talking about, right? But you see, that limits God from being God in your life. See, his principles never change, but his strategies certainly do, right? And what that does is he, I think he's really smart. I don't think he's trying to, tra- to change the game on us. I don't think he's trying to elude us, or I think he's trying to keep us in connection with him. Keep seeking me for the plan for today, the plan for this season, the plan for what we're going to do. In the last measure, when I talked about preparing, I, t- I talked about how um, God had a, Jesus had a specific strategy when he sent out the 12. One time he sends out the 12 in Luke chapter 9, and he tells them, uh, take nothing with you for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, and no extra shirt. How would you like that missionary uh, experience, right? Just go. Nope, not even extra gas for the car, just go. Like, that's pretty intense, right? But then, um, in Luke chapter 22, he's sending them out again, and he says, then Jesus asked them, when I, send you without, uh, when I sent you without purse, bag, sandals, did you lack anything? And they're like, well, nothing, they answered. He said to them, but now, if you have purse, take it. If you have a bag, and if you, if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. Isn't that interesting? The, the missions were both similar. They were going out to preach the kingdom and do miracles and, and, and tell people about the kingdom of God. But see, we have to seek Him for the plan. And if you are going into a new area, if you are going into an area that God is calling you to go in, you're, if you are on the move, you've got to seek Him for, from the plan. Otherwise, you're just going to be reacting to what happens around you. But God has a preparation for you. God has a strategy for you. And we have to seek him and learn what is our disposition. What do you want us to do? I remember years ago, um, I was a private school teacher, and um, we only had Abigail back then. And uh, I loved teaching middle and high school kids. I just thought it was a blast because the middle and high school kids, uh, or especially these middle school kids, they were so awkward. And I don't say that in a in a disparaging way. I meant like they're just kind of like growing into their bodies, and like it's just this awkward stage. And there was a lot of insecurities. And I loved being a teacher in that season because I was like, I want to do everything I can to let them know, hey, you're pretty, you're smart, God cares about you, you have value, like, and create that kind of safe environment for kids. So I loved it. And, and um, we were growing our family, and we were going to have Andrew uh, pretty soon. And, and the family is growing. And I remember going to one of my mentors and talking to them about it, and it was, it was kind of obvious that it was a season for me to go work somewhere else because I love being a private school teacher, but it didn't put a lot of bread on the table. Um, and I was working a bunch of other jobs. I would like get up in the morning and run newspapers, then I would teach all day, and then I would go clean gutters in the evening, and that was my life. But I did it so I could do the job. So I, the Lord opened this door, and I went into the corporate world, um, with, with Capital One, this was back in 2000, no, 1999. And um, some, a couple people went, I wasn't born in 1999. Thank you for that. I heard, I heard that thought. Thank you. Um, but I remember when I was getting ready to go into this new season, I was going, right? And I, I thought, you know, this is going to be a different world and a different experience, and it was a corporate job. And I, I was praying one day, and I said, Lord, Thank you for opening up this door. Thank you for what you're doing. My paycheck was going to be more than all the paychecks put together before. And I was like, one job? This is great. You know? um, and we were doing youth ministry and all kinds of stuff. But you know, we'll act like it was just one job. So I, I, was, um, I was praying. I was like, Lord, thank you. And I remember I, I thought, Lord, I am just going to carry myself like your humble servant. 
And I had this picture of myself with my head low, and I'm just going to be, I'm just going to wash the feet of these people. <laughs> Have you ever been praying, and the Lord was like, no. Nah. You know what I'm talking about? It was, I was, I'm just, I, I was so full of my own virtue, just so good. And the Lord interrupts me in this prayer, and, he, and he's like, no, I want you to put your head up and put your shoulders back when you go into that place. It's like, I, I, I literally in my prayer went, Lord. And I didn't understand what was going, but what he was doing was he was sharing a strategy of how he wanted me to carry myself. What I didn't know was that the Lord just, there was just going to be this favor and that there were jobs and promotions ahead of me that I couldn't receive with that, that disposition. It wasn't that the Lord wanted me to be arrogant. He wanted me to have a picture of confidence. And I was missing that in my own virtue. It was like, you're not going to hit what I want you to hit and do the things that I have called you to do in this place, in this season, if you carry yourself like that. And I just remember, I remember, I felt like I needed to correct the Lord. Lord. But you know, God has a strategy for you. And he has a why and a how. Joshua chapter 3 they're going to cross over, right? Joshua 3.1 says, Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out for Shittim and went to the Jordan where they uh, camped before they crossed over. Some of y'all are reading the Bible like, what did he just say? You just got to read your Bible. You get little nuggets like that. Um, I had a professor that just kept reading the word over and over again to beat the religiosity in a, out of us. Some of y'all are like, what did he say? Go read Joshua 3.1. You'll figure it out. Um, I ain't saying it again. Um, After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and the Levitical priest carrying it, if you are able to move out from your positions and follow it, then you will know which way to go, since you've never been this way before. But keep a distance about two cubits between you and the Ark and do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourself. Would you say that, consecrate yourselves? Consecrate yourselves. Consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things for you. So God's instructions in this journey, remember we're seeking him for the strategy. He says, all right, when you see the ark, follow the ark. Well, the ark is like the closest place on earth in that time that you could be to the presence of the Lord, right? So it's like, when you see the ark, follow the ark. Now, in every strategy. There's a lesson. There was a lesson for Moses with his staff. The lesson for Moses with his staff when they crossed the Red Sea is, listen, I've put authority in your hand and you need to step up and use it. It was kind of like, you know, Moses is crying out, you know, with his bowed down head and the Lord's like, why are you crying out to me? Put your head up, put your shoulders back, stretch out your staff and split the Red Sea. Well, Lord, it's like that's a, that was the lesson for Moses back then, if you will. And now, when there are, it says, you see the ark, when you see the presence of the Lord, follow it. And so all the people, the priests take, the, take the, the ark and they walk up and the Lord says, you've never been this way before. I have a question for you. In your season of life, I'm asking this for real. Are you willing to go somewhere you've never been before? Well, I hope, I hope you're hoping to go to heaven. That's one, right? But what if there were some other destinations along the way that are places you've never been before? Is there something in you in this season of your life? You're like, I don't know. I'm, you know, 
kind of, I'm getting up there. Yeah, well, I can give you stories of Moses and other people who, uh, they, were, they were older than most of us in the room, and there were new places for them to go. You've never been this way before. Some of us, that scares us. And I just want to encourage you, those adventures that God, there's something he wants to show you about himself in the places you've never been before. But here's the thing. You don't make it up, you let him lead you. If you make it up, call me and we'll pray and we'll get you through whatever you got yourself into. But like, let the Lord lead you. But there needs to be some of that pioneer. You know, let's go some places we've never... And I hope as a church family, there's something in us that's like, man, let's go to some nations we've never been before. Let's go into some communities we've never been before. Let's go meet some people we've never been before because we've got good news. Amen? Good news about what... Je- there needs to be that sense of adventure in our hearts and minds. Then he says this phrase, he says, consecrate yourselves which is such an interesting phrase. It, it's, it's very personal to me right now because um, there's been several times where the Lord has spoken to me um, and it's like, you know, you are, you are consecrated to me. You are set apart for me. And like, Lord's just been kind of speaking this personally to me. And, I, and that word consecrate, create, it means to set apart. It's actually a verb form of the word holy. So it's like, Make yourself holy. Now, when we say make yourself holy, what that means is like sacred, set apart, not common. I mean, come on, y'all. We are made in the image of Almighty God. The value that is in you intrinsically is beyond any kind of measure. The value in you is so great that Jesus would go to a cross and pay for your sins to redeem your life. I mean, the value that is in you, you are not common, There's something sacred and holy about you as a person. And what God is telling them is, listen, I want you all to set yourselves apart. I want you to consecrate yourself. I want you to to separate and recognize who you are before me. Like you are his kids. You are his family. There is something very unique, valuable, and special about you. And what's great is it's an open invitation. The the Lord is still bringing people in. Amen? This isn't a better than. This is a separate because of what God is doing in you and in your life. And he's saying, you're about to enter into a season. You're about to enter into something. You're about to go a place you've never been before. I need you to set yourself apart for me. And I just want to encourage you in those terms in your own life. You know, when you say to Jesus, Jesus, Come into my life. I want to serve you and I want to follow you. I want you to be the Lord of my life. In essence, what you are doing is you are setting yourself apart for him. You are setting yourself in a place where you say, I am for you and I am useful to you. You are my God and you can lead me and guide me. There's something very special about that idea of consecrating yourself, separating yourself. You are set apart to the Lord. You are a part of God's family. You are not common. You are sacred. There's such value in you. And I don't say that so that you can me, 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 me. It's more about the we're set apart for him, for his usefulness. To give you an analogy, like, you know, you, you have um, cups and bowls and candles and all kinds of things, right, in, in, in those times, right? Well, there were the holy 
consecrated ones that were only used in the in the um, tabernacle of Moses and in the temple. Like they were special because they were the, the bowls and the cups and the candle stands that were used to worship God and right in, in, in his presence. And, but then you'd go home and there's like regular bowls and regular cups. And that was the picture that was in their mind. This isn't normal. This is sacred. This isn't common. This is before the Lord. And that's how God sees you. He was saying to the whole nation, set yourself apart. And you know, when you are going somewhere for the Lord, and you know, you can apply that in big seasons of your life. You can apply that to getting in your car and going to work in the morning. You're going to work, right? And you are separated from, for the Lord, and you are His. You're consecrated to Him, and you're saying, Lord, I am yours today. There's one more thing I want to point out in this season of going, and that is that after crossing the Jordan, um, actually, there's two things. Uh, after crossing the Jordan, um, he t- they told them for each of the tribes to send someone back into the middle of the Jordan and to get a stone from the riverbed. It says, in, in, um, actually, I'm not going to read it because I've got two things I want to do and I want to I speed up. Y'all okay with that? Now, aren't y'all glad that I asked that? Because normally what pastors do is go, y'all mind if I take a few extra minutes? And there's like one person, go for it. And you're like, man, I got something in the oven. Um, anyhow, in this next part, this is in Joshua chapter four, what happens is he says, go back into the middle and select a stone. They go back and they select a stone and they create this monument to the Lord. And, they, and he tells them, listen, this monument is to remind you of where you came from and remind you of how God got you there. Can I say that to you again? To remind you where you came from, our ancestors just spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness and before that we were in slavery and now we are in the promised land. And to remind them how they got there. God opened the Jordan River during flood stage. We've been wandering for 40 years and the Lord chooses flood stage to take us through, right? He's making a point. I'm the one leading you. I'm the one making making the provision. I'm the one bringing you through, and you're going to set up these stones to show and to remember the miracle of what God has has done for you. Question for you, do you have ways that you remember what God has done for you? Because for all of us, we have these stories, these stories of things that God has gotten us through, over, around, and where he has provided for us. And I don't know about you, but I tend to forget all the good things God has done, right? Right? And there's different ways that we can capture these things. We can capture them in a journal. We can capture them with a, with a token, like a, you know, a symbol or something. Now, we don't want to worship symbols and get weird. Like, but I have a staff that I have in my house. And that staff is a reminder of a very important lesson that God gave me. It was actually a gift that somebody brought me at a very important time in my life. And that thing has been a symbol to me. I don't worship the staff. I'm not weird about the staff. But when I see the staff, I remember the lesson. You know what I'm talking about? Do you have ways to remember how you got where you are here today? And then we have our stories and how we capture our, our stories. Now, um, I, I wanted, to, I wanted to, to capture that because there's this last part that's really important. And I kind of, before I read this scripture, it's kind of like this is the surprise, surprise, surprise part. Uh, now, now, remember now, 
All right, everybody, get yourselves together. We're going to cross into the land. Mom and dad, so they weren't able to get in. Now we're all going in, and it's been 40 years, and we're going to you know, follow the ark. It's going to be great. You know, just you see the ark. You, follow, you haven't been this way before. We're going to go through. We're going to walk through. Okay, get the stones, make a monument. Woo, we're doing great. Surprise, surprise, surprise. And at that time, Joshua 5, 2, at that time, the Lord said to Moses, make flint knives. He, I think this was a southern scripture. <laughs> Make flint knives and circumcise Israel again. I would say we're all adults here, but anyhow. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at Gibbeth Harloth. Verse 8. And after the whole nation had been circumcised and remained where they were in camp until they all healed, then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt so that this place is called Gilgal to this day. I hope that I led you to that part appropriately, like, right? Like, you're, I mean, you're feeling it. Like, let's do this. We're going to take the land. All the men, come here. I've, I've so many times thought, I am so glad I'm not a lady, because the whole childbirth thing and all that kind of stuff, like, I am supposed to be the, the person that I am. I have so much respect, but that day the ladies were going, it's a good day to be a lady. <laughs> There's a reason you do this when children are young. God led them through all this greatness and then to a point of weakness. I mean, from a strategy standpoint and a war standpoint, you don't cross the river, put yourself closer to your enemies, and then weaken yourselves. Like, but see, there was unfinished business. There was an area of disobedience because, you see, their parents were supposed to be circumcising those kids, those boys, when they were younger, and it wasn't happening. And the Lord basically said, there is some unfinished business here. Now, it wasn't about the circumcision. It wasn't about that. It's about what it represented to the Lord because circumcision represents a cutting away of your carnal nature, a cut, literally a cutting away of the flesh. And we know in the New Testament that flesh, it has to do with that carnal nature. And what he's saying is, listen, I need to circum- I, you, we need to cut away your carnal nature because you know, I, you've consecrated yourself, you've set yourself apart and all of this, but there needs to be a cutting away. And here's the thing, you can be in your season and in your going, and God says, ooh, there's an area in your heart that I want to adjust and take self out and put me there. You know what I'm talking about? What, what's cool is Scripture says, you know, as New Testament believers, some of y'all will be comfort, comforted by this, is that now the Lord circumcises the heart, right? You're like, whew, right? Um, <laughs> oh, like, this is adult church right here. Um, and so this, this concept of cutting away the carnal nature, sometimes what happens is we get disillusioned because we're all focused on where we're headed. And God says, there's something in your heart I want to deal with. And many times what we want to do is we want to skip it. Because you see, they had skipped it before. And I just want to encourage you, like, let God be God. What I love about our God is he doesn't overwhelm us. He, if God were to show me everything that was wrong with me in my heart right now, I think I would be overwhelmed. Would you be overwhelmed? 
Because I'm sure that our perfect, holy, amazing God could find plenty of stuff if that was his heart and motivation was just to just, you know, find every little thing. And like, but there's something about the way that our relationship with God works and the pace of grace in our lives where he says, okay, we're going to work on this, Mike, and now I want to deal with this little thing in your heart. But you see, he's building us up even while he's tearing away. He has this way of saying, I'm building something in you. One day he's saying, put your shoulders back and your head up. And the other day he goes, it ain't about you, bro. Right? And that's not like this, um, this kind of like up and down and up and down. It is the, the way God works with us. And when we think as parents, don't we, aren't we supposed to do the same thing? We speak words of life and we say, mm, you need to deal with that thing in your heart. Right? Like there is this ebb and flow. And so we can't get surprised when God says, oh, by the way, there's something I want to cut away. Don't turn around then. Don't say no then because it, it's for your good. And you know what's, what's great is when God is doing that cutting away and in that moment, it is in that moment that the, the grace is there for it. Can I tell you, the straight way through now is way easier than delaying. You ever had that in your life where you said no to the Lord? I know, y'all are more spiritual than that. But the long way is always more difficult than the direct way. And I just want to encourage you today to have courage when the Lord says, I've got something I want to cut away. You know he's doing it for you and because he loves you. He's not doing it because he wants to reject you. It's because he's transforming you into his likeness and his image. And that's why I think that we need to have a heart that says, you know what, God, you can still send us to places we've never been before. Because there's more to experience in you. There's more to grow in you. Would you stand with me today? I want to pray with you today. And I want to say today that uh, whether you're watching online or listening to the podcast or here today, um, I'm talking about the, these, uh, these stories about God leading people. But I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that, you know, Jesus has a way that he wants to lead you in your life. And his love for you is far greater than any human on the planet. And his love for you is so great that 2,000 years ago, he came and walked and taught and did miracles to show that he is God's son. And then he went to a cross. Uh, He won for us by losing and going to the cross. He took on all of our sins. And the reason was, is because he knows the shame of our sin. He knows the powerlessness that we experience. He understands the shame that we walk in because of sin. And he wanted to remove that from your life. And he wanted to give you the power that you could live. He wants to remove the shame of of what we have done. And he wants to provide a forgiveness because, because he knew no sin, he could take all of ours on. And I want to tell you today, if you've never had that um, that moment in your life, and I'm not talking about I believe in Jesus. I mean, I have dedicated my life to Jesus. If you've never had that moment, make today, September 11th, 2022, the day where you just say, you know what, Jesus? I'm all in. I'm yours. If you have questions about that, I want you to talk to me because I and, 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 and reach out to me because I love answering those questions. And 
um, you need to have that day. You need to have that moment where you know you ask Christ into your life. And Scripture says you're born again. You're made a brand new person. Um, if you're there today and you're like, you know what, I, I need today to be my day. If you're here in the in-person service, I want when we're done here today, like get everybody out of my way and you just come and talk to me because I want to pray with you and rejoice with you. Uh, we want to walk with you. It, it is the greatest journey of your life. If you're watching online or listening to the podcast, go to our website. There's a, there's a place where it says next steps. Click on that and, um, and let us know and we will reach out to you personally. Um, because it is the greatest decision you can ever make. And if you're making that decision, what you do is you cry out to him and say, Jesus, yeah, I have sinned, and I need your help, and I, I need your forgiveness, and I need you in my life. I want to follow you. It's not complicated. It's not magic words. It's about your heart and inviting him into your life. Amen? I want to pray for us today um, that in our goings, whether it's short-term, you're headed to work, or whether it's a new season in your life in our goings, that God would grant us the grace to have faith and obedience just each day. I believe and I trust you, God. I'm just going to follow after you. That we would be a consecrated people. That we would recognize that it's not that you're better than, you are separated. Does that make sense? There's something sacred about who you are as a believer in Jesus. And that's you are valuable to him. And you are set apart for him. And uh, that we would always allow the Lord to cut away what he needs to cut away. I went PG for us. To cut those things away. Maybe, maybe there's a place you're resisting in your life. That God has been shining the light and you just have been resisting. I just want to encourage you, don't fight with God. <laughs> really, like he's, he's, he's a lot stronger. And he has other ways of like helping you learn. Just obey <laughs> Go the straight way. If you need help, we're here to help you. We're not going to shame you. Should we pray together? God, we love you. Thank you for these stories in the Bible and the things that we can apply to our lives today. Today, Lord, it is our privilege to be set apart for you. It is our privilege to be yours. I want to be set apart for you. I want my life to be in your hands. Lord, give us willing hearts. God, when you come to cut away, help us to cooperate. Help us to not get off the surgery table, but just say, go ahead, Lord, I trust you. And Lord, I do trust that when you're cutting away, it's for my own good and the good of those I love. And Lord, today, oh, Lord, grant us faith. Faith in the face of adversity. Faith when, uh, Lord, things are, don't seem like they're going well. Faith that you got me and that you're never going to leave me or forsake me. And again, Lord, just grant me a willing heart. God, we love you. We worship you. We say, Lord, that you are worth the journey. You are worth every twist and every turn. You're worth following. You are worth it. And we worship you. We love you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.